Tech Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Tech Central. Hi there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you the news in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Uh, remember, you can hear Tech Radio on air with RTE Friday evenings or anytime you like with your favourite podcasting app from Apple, Google or Spotify. And who knows, maybe you're listening to us on your brand new uh, phone uh, today. Uh, we also keep you uh, up to date daily on all things tech, which hourly updates and daily newsletters which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie This is show 847 and it's a Merry Christmas to Niall Kitson Merry Christmas Dusty Actually do you remember our Christmas show since the year dot we were we'd usually Mm. be in a studio of some description and Mm. you'd have a cup of coffee and I'd have a cup of coffee and we'd have like a mince pie each or something like that and try not to get crumbs everywhere and and fail Um, and and we'd just be able to to have a laugh, and we can't do that this year. What we can't have a laugh? I oh, know we can do that bit. <laughs> we can, you know, God love anyone trying to you know derive any interesting content this week. But we no listen, listen. What was of more interest was that after the studio, then we would go for our Christmas lunch with the company credit card. That that also was was that's the bit that we missed. That's, that's the bit. That's the bit. <laughs> Anyways, listen, obviously we're recording this before Christmas. The uh, the podcast is going out at Christmas, so we do hope that you are having a good one uh, with your loved ones. What we thought we would do for uh, uh, for this period of time between Christmas and the new year is just to kind of look back at 2020 and see kind of what stories um, kind of caught our attention more than anything else. And I think one of the first ones on my radar is uh, is 5G. Oh, well, I mean, Dusty, first of all, did anything happen in 2020? Very quiet year. Actually, do you know what? It was a kind of a quiet year tech-wise, wasn't it? <laughs> Other stories taking over completely. Well, do you know what? Like, of all... That's why I, want to, I wanted to start with 5G so that you wouldn't start our Christmas conversation with the darn COVID. Well, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You're such a realist. <laughs> Well, I mean, look at it. Like, there's, there, it has defined this year. It's going to define well, the rest okay. of the decade. Listen, you're right. You're right. Second on my list was working from home, and of course, working from home really has kind of come into uh, uh, in, in, into play this year. And it is, dare I say, thanks to uh, COVID. So, working from home, working from home. Okay, uh, right. You're you're used to working from home. I occasionally mm-hmm. work from worked from home. It's now going to be the norm for me. Um, yeah. What have you learned from this experience? Uh, it's been actually a really, really good year for me. And kind of like, I suppose when you come to the end of the year, you kind of look back and you see, you just pause and you see what the heck has been going on. And like an awful lot of the people that I'm working with or customers that I'm dealing with and stuff like that, you know, kind of everything has changed, but the work has just gone on as normal. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're dead right. I mean, looking around when everything kicked off in late March, I was mm. like, okay, the entire country is going to shut down. This is going to be, this is going to be really weird. But as a technology publication dealing with technology companies, it was very much business as usual. Like everybody was yeah. able to up their laptop, go home, uh-huh. Just stay in contact with our clients, stay in contact with our colleagues. 
And there wasn't, I mean, there was a shift onto Zoom, but in terms of productivity and money changing hands, there wasn't that much of a difference. No, and everything kind of progressed along. From my end, as you say, both of us were used to working from home and probably because we're in the tech sector, we're, we're more used to it than most. Um, it was absolutely a relief for me more than anything else because I was already set up working from home and I, I'm used to it. Do you know what I mean? But kind of there was that little bit of a stigma, if you like. Where you didn't yeah. want to tell people you're working from home because they all thought you might be dossing uh, or that you're trying to do it on the cheap um, or that it's just not of a professional standard. Mm. None of these things which are true. Um, and it was lovely to see the rest of the world suddenly starting to work from home. Yeah, well, I've had conversations with employers who said that, OK, look, yes, they, they did have this bias regardless of the technology being there already and they've they've come to learn to to live with it you know the experiment has been proven years ago actually I did this would be about 10 years ago uh, I went to a talk with a, a futurologist and he was explaining about the internet of things and how we would have things talking to things and it was going to be wonderful and you know we we will have the option of working from home whenever we want because we'll have cloud services handling all our email and all our storage and all this sort of thing and uh, he was saying, do you know what? And, and company owners are coming to me going, yeah, but how will we know whether our staff are goofing off? And do, do you know what I tell them? I tell them they're goofing off already. <laughs> <laughs> you, but that actually is a really good point. There, there was a survey out recently and it was on techcentral.ie. So you, you'll find it on the website there somewhere. Uh, and they were talking about how if people want to get their head down and actually concentrate on a project, they prefer to work from home because, yes, when you think about it, when you're in a working environment or in an office, you know, everybody talks about the water cooler talk, but there's a lot of waste of time in that, isn't there? There is. There's an awful lot of meetings that uh, now you, you know, you can really cut down on the the amount of meetings yep. that you have to go to. Um, of course, you know, if you have a nice home office set up, it does give you much better headspace. Uh, mm. in which to work so you can filter out an awful lot more distractions. And, you know, we do like our colleagues, our co-workers, but there's just times mm. when you, you don't, you're not ready for a conversation. You know, you you don't want yep. to hear about how tough somebody else is having it if you're having it pretty tough yourself. So here's th th where it's been very interesting, okay? So I said in 2019, I've kept it quiet about working from home for all of the various reasons. Right. And then in 2020, the entire world caught up with me. And now the entire world is kind of going, this working from home is amazing. And it sounds like everybody's kind of going, everybody should work from home all the time. I, I don't know about that. I think by, mm. I think we are starting to see Zoom fatigue kick in en masse. Good. And I mm. think there will be more of a hybrid working style. But when the mm. option to go back to the office is there, particularly if you live, uh, if you work in a very large office, I think people will, will use it. I was talking to a woman actually for who worked in an incredibly large multinational uh, and she said they at their site in Dublin, they employ 7000 people. Right. Uh, and there was a couple of hundred in just uh, last week when when level three restrictions were were lifted. Five percent, five percent, five percent. And, you know, she said, you know what, I am actually raring to go back into the office and just, mm. you know, have the crack with people I haven't seen with ages uh, for ages. Yeah. People that I don't necessarily work with, but that I know. 
that I've just fallen yeah. out of contact with. That you know, yeah. if you are used to working in a large organization and you're used to working, you know, with people, say you're in sales, admin, HR, anything like that, um, there's no substitute for yeah. uh, for face to face contact. No, well, the, the the human side of it, and and the thing that I miss is that you know I would have a regular week every month where I would deliberately go into the city and I'd be meeting up with people and catching with people and and having to do whatever I needed I needed to be physically there for, mm, yeah. and I haven't been able to do that, you know, partly because you know kind of we have to all self isolate or, or quarantine or whatever. But everybody else is doing the same thing. So even if I'm kind of going, do you know, I think I will go into town and I'm sure maybe I'll drop in and I'll see such and such. But they're not there. They're doing the same thing in their home in Wicklow or wherever it is mm-hmm. that they happen to be. The other funny thing that that has come out of it is uh, when I've been talking to, to people now and I say, yeah, well, you know, kind of uh, working from home, blah, blah, blah. And they go, yeah, well, I was talking to my graphic design guy. He's in Dubai. So he's kind of like there's a three hour difference <laughs> or somebody else's bloody, bloody, blah, blah. My team is in San Francisco. Yeah. Like this is just happening regularly. So yeah. I th- I think overall that working from home is a good thing. And I think to have it incorporated as part of our working life will be excellent. What do you think? I, I think that when you go for a job interview or, you know, from henceforth, if the option for remote working isn't on the table, that's a big no, no for the company. Mm. Okay, go on. Working from home, done. Can we get back to 5G? Okay, yeah, let's go back to 5G. <laughs> now it's okay to talk about Which 5G. Which has been making us sick all along, you know. It's- uh, yeah, oh, stop, goodness. Do you know what? I, I saw a really good uh, 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 meme jobby on WhatsApp or whenever it was in the run up to Christmas. Okay. And it was somebody who had adjusted the names of all of the Christmas songs uh, to vaccine and COVID uh, related things. Mm. All right. So um, uh, it was something like I saw Santa Claus was changed to Pfizer, Santa Claus, something. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, it was all this usual. And I kind of go, oh, that's quite nicely done, blah, 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 blah. Mm. But it was the tagline at the end that made me smile more than anything else. Uh, after all this, it went streaming now on a 5G connection. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Very good. And I went, that's very good. Yeah, everybody's worried about 5G and it's going to kill us. And of course, that's a, a ridiculous in, well, in my book. I have a theory about 5G and I'm, it's probably going to be borne out to be completely wrong and I'll be accused of being a, a shill for the Chinese uh, and this Go kind on. of thing. But uh, which company was responsible for making the most 5G routers and, and backbone equipment? Huawei. Huawei, who happened to be Chinese. Um, now, there are plenty of companies uh, capable, uh, plenty of companies that do make uh, make networking uh, equipment. You've got the likes of Juniper, mm. you've got an awful lot of smaller uh, players. Huawei was responsible for undertaking massive projects in the US and the UK. Uh, in the US, they've now been barred from doing it completely, uh, IIRC. Um, in England, it's down to, I think, 37% of the infrastructure uh, and no more. Uh, and mm. then it, it's restricted uh, from certain systems. Uh, so, uh, you know, on one level, you know, it is the big bad boogeyman because the Chinese government has built in all these backdoors to uh, Huawei technology, apparently. Um, I'm personally, if I was looking at things from the perspective of I've got a small Irish company making networking gear, I've got a giant Chinese company making networking gear, I'm naturally going to want to, you know, just out of sense of national pride, 
want to give the Irish company a bit of a leg up, a bit, a bit of, bit of help with their business. Um, if if the US and UK wanted to come out and say, look, that's kind of where we are now. That's what we want to do. Um, fine. Uh, however, if you're if you're crying wolf on the basis of international espionage, that's um, that's kind of a different prospect. Uh, Dusty, are you in agreement? No, I'm not. I'm just I'm nodding my I'm not nodding my head. I'm shaking my head from side to side, and I'm just very very sad for my friend Niall. Oh right, okay. <laughs> What's your perspective? Just a complete conspiracy theorist is like, no, I don't put any <laughs> possible maybe no <laughs> balderdash. <laughs> you 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 think the Chinese are listening in? I, th- I think everybody is listening in now. <laughs> well, that's that's true. Most most of the time they are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, kind of you're being tracked, you're being traced uh, with everything. And I think actually, fi- if you want to know about 5G, right, it gives the ability for you to be traced anywhere at any time. Because the whole idea is that your phone, all right, that the phone is probably the one thing, aside from your underwear, that never leaves your side. And the phone can track where you are who you're connected with, who you're seeing, uh, the stuff that you're searching on the internet, da 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 da, everything. The phone is almost a record of what's in your brain and your and your activity. And with five G, because it's going to be so tied into the network, um, it you will virtually be. I can't help thinking about Neo now. All of a sudden. Well, I, <laughs> in, 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 in the Matrix. And I think that that, that is, the, and it doesn't matter whether it's Huawei or Motorola or, or Sony or whoever else is, is, is making, that's just hardware. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's the governments uh, and their ability to be, no, nobody's going to be tracking us. Who wants to know? But if somebody wanted to dip in and check, well, where were you on that night Three years ago, who were you with? How would you be? It's all there in the record. Well, there's a couple of things um, that are there as safeguards. Uh, One of which, if you're an Apple user, Apple always say that your personal data stays on the device. Uh, They've Mm -hmm. they've no real interest in it because, hey, we're Mm -hmm. a hardware company. Um, uh, Of course, the the other protection that we have as European citizens is the GDPR, uh, under which uh, it states that, you know, Unless there is a legitimate reason for information to be held about you, or unless mm. you consent to it, um, information cannot be held. And even if information is being held, you have the right to find out what is being held about you uh, and why. Okay, that when it comes to commercial companies or companies that you deal with or whatever happens to be, yeah, I get all that. It's when you have... Um, <laughs> The police sniffing into your life or governments who want to find out what you're... I don't even know why I'm worried about this. I'm not doing anything even... I mean, I can barely get my wife to be interested in my life. Never mind the government. Well, this is this is the, <laughs> the eternal argument that, you know, if you haven't done anything wrong, why are you worried about all well, these measures? I, I, no, I haven't done anything wrong and I ain't planning on doing anything wrong. I just don't like the idea that if I did do something wrong, the people can snap up the records like that. They haven't caught ninety it. yet, Dusty. Yeah. You got this far. <laughs> Listen, we're getting away from five G. The whole technology with five G. I don't think it's about you know they're kind of they're selling it to us. Where get the next five G phone? It'll be amazing. You'll be able to download all of Netflix in less than ten That's seconds. That's not the point of five G, though. <laughs> exactly. 
The whole point in my head of 5G is that you are uh, connected really fast to nodes that are all around you and it's more about the internet of things so that you will it will be more of a convenient reality now where I know you can do it now but anyway it'll be more common with 5G when you leave the office your slow cooker uh, starts cooking whatever it is at home yeah, I mean, we talk or it turns on the lights, it turns on the heat in the house or whatever happens, that kind of thing. Yeah, you remember earlier this year we had Jamie Cudden from Dublin City Council on talking about some of the yes. 5G projects that they're Brilliant looking show. to do. And yeah, it's all, it's all about municipal services. Uh, it's all about, you know, better management of street furniture, of mm. traffic, of the amenities that we have around us. I mean, this is what 5G is really meant for. Um, you know, it's it's all well and good saying, you know, you're handset is going to be blisteringly fast. But I mean, what do you need 5G speeds for in a handset just yet? The, those sorts exactly. of applications aren't there. So, you know, 5G is, I guess it scares people because it's something that has to be ubiquitous and it's not something you directly um, engage with. Mm. I Nobody said this about 4G when it came out. No, because we were at that stage where, you know, we we're just getting used to smartphones and speed was an issue. Yeah, it was. And, and it was an enabler. Um, mm. I mean, 3G just wasn't going to, wasn't going to cut. I mean, goodness, do you remember when the first it, it, iPhone it, 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 came out and it was 2.5G? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember. I remember well. I remember being quite a sceptic until one was put into my hand and then I went, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, but, I th- but the, the 5G, the way it's being sold at the moment... Like, you know, kind of, I don't know anybody who's, I mean, the, all the, the, the smartphone companies and the telcos and they're kind of saying, yeah, we've got 5G and, you know, one of them has got 5G in every county in, in, in Ireland, but it's still not kind of prevalent. It's it's not out there. It's not a, a real thing. Just It's still in spots. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's an issue. And even if you are in a spot, what is it you're able to do that is so much more significantly better than, than what you can do with 4G? So I think, you know, people often accuse me and this this is where it gets me. Oh, I'm going to get mad now. Are you ready? Yeah, go on. I'm genuinely angry about this. All okay. right. Uh, I was a supporter, as you know, of DAB Digital Audio Broadcasting for a long time. For a long time, all right? yeah. For, and it seems to be that maybe it's not going to happen in Ireland. Taking off like nobody's business in the UK, not going to happen in Ireland for a whole bunch of reasons. All right. Um, but what people always told me was and they'd say to me, yeah, but is DAB not a solution looking for a problem? And I'm getting angry because that's exactly in my head what 5G is. It's a solution looking for a problem. And I kind of agree with you, but the way it is, the way it is pitched as being a solution for problems is that it's inviting people to come up with problems that 5G is the solution for. Even worse. No, from an academic and research perspective, this is Mm -hmm. absolutely a wonderful facility to be able to tap into. Mm. So I'm I'm pro 5G, probably for the reasons that you are anti now that I think about it. (laughs) No, I think 5G will be good. And uh, I think having that uh, uh, network and I keep thinking about all the science fiction novels that we would have uh, read and the science fiction um, movies that we would have seen and stuff like that. And I just see all of this marching towards that. As as we should. As we should. Now, uh, in relation to 5G, I think 2020 has been a very exciting year uh, for phones, all right, smartphones, and in particular, the shape of phones. 
Yeah. And th- there's one company that has been excelling at experimenting uh, with this over pretty much all others. Well, I mean, Motorola have dipped in uh, hmm. with um, uh, a revised version of the Razer, uh, which was actually it was the world's biggest selling mobile phone at one time. Uh, yeah. If you can believe it. Um, but they're going with uh, a foldable phone again, um, of course, with a, an interesting add-on. Um, Samsung are doing it uh, a slightly, uh, a slightly different way, pretty much the same way, and they they seem to have thinking, yeah. opened people's eyes to the possibility of folding phones again. What's your opinion? I'm I'm very much on the fence. I'm a candy bar phone kind of guy, unless somebody puts one of these things in my hands and goes, "There you go, yeah. try it out." Well, I I think we reached the stage in 2020. It's kind of funny how things evolve, right? Uh, and it's kind of like when when phones came out first. Uh, a lot of people probably don't remember, but they were like literally bricks. All right. Uh, and then the whole fight or the whole thing was to get them as small, as small, as small, as small as possible. And I've often said it about our old friend, uh, Tony Fenton, the, the DJ. Uh, his thing would be to have the smallest phone available and he'd love to go, oh, what's what's that under the paperclip? Oh, it's my new phone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he, he, he did have a bit of crack with Tony, like, you know, uh, but that was the whole thing. And then the flip phone, I suppose, was part of that because they were able to make them even smaller with the clamshell and all that kind of lark, right? Um, and then all of a sudden it, they needed to get bigger and bigger, as you say, when the iPhone came along because you needed the screen. And I think we've arrived at a stage of maturity, if you like, after, don't forget, right, 25 years since I think it was AirCell came on in, in the mid 80s, was it? Oh, mid 80s, goodness, 90s? Late 80s, yeah. A, I think, yeah. All right, so we're what, 25, 30 years down the line with, with mobile phones. And I think we've reached a kind of a level of maturity. Where do you go next? And I think that's what happened this year with the phone industry and in that they went, okay, let's play with the shape. And as you say, Motorola had the Razer 5G, which was a clamshell uh, flip phone. And it was very similar to the Samsung Z Flip. But the uh, Motorola had a screen on the outside as well mm. for notifications and stuff like that. The Samsung, the Z Fold, all right, which is the, the uh, opens up like a book phone. Mm. Like we all know it's there. It's a product that costs whatever, two grand. I don't know. I don't know anybody either who has one or wants one. And I think the latter is very indicative. Mm. Uh, also, we had LG just kind of blew every. Well, I won't say they blew everybody's minds, but LG came out with a phone then this year where you would slide it up and then turn it ninety degrees to make a T-shaped type phone. Yeah. So essentially, you would be looking at the phone as a as a widescreen. Mm. I thought, why do they bother doing that? Why don't you just turn the candy bar? <laughs> <laughs> Why? But I think the most interesting phone of the entire year and possibly the most um, realistic, if you like, I thought was the Microsoft Surface Duo, because Microsoft will tell you themselves it's not a phone. It's a tablet that you can fold and it's got two screens on it and it has telephone abilities. Yeah. Now, I I think the idea uh, is pretty sound. Um, from what I gather, uh, the implementation isn't there yet. No, not yet. But I think out of all of those, 
form factors that we've had this year, that is the one that's most interesting. I, I think that what's most interesting about it is the fact that they're kind of saying, well, this thing in your hand is really a tablet computer keeps you connected, da, 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 da. And you can use it as a phone, but not in the way that most people assume, as in you need to lift it to your head. You will use a Bluetooth headset or some kind of a headset mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's how you interact with the voice side of things. Yeah, I think dual screen certainly has an awful lot to uh it's, it's a long way to go. And I think mm. that's evidenced by the fact that Microsoft Surface Neo is pushed back indefinitely. Because I remember when we mm. both saw that, sort of the dual screen tablet, we were like, that's fantastic. That's, that's yeah. new. That's different. Um, and they just haven't been able to get it to work properly. So it's, it's a shame that we most likely won't be seeing it. Um, but to, to see some level of ingenuity uh, coming out, I, I think was um, heartening. Now, speaking of ingenuity, another of the big stories of the year, I think, came from Apple. Another one. Um, and, and we haven't mentioned them yet, have we? No, no. Go on. No, we haven't. All right. Okay. A few. Um, I suppose we talk about Apple a lot, so that's probably that's what's it. in our head. Um, but Apple kind of came out. I was looking back through our notes and I was looking back in March and they released the new MacBook Pro or whatever it was. And we were all getting way excited because the uh, new processor and uh, double the RAM and the hard disk space or whatever, blah, 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 uh, and all that. But it was at the end of the year. The end, just in November, coming out with that new processor. And and to be fair, they had been talking about it since the summer, so I don't know why it was such a shock. Um, but the new Apple M1 processor is a hell of a thing, and I think that absolutely is a game changer. Uh, I agree, and I think that you know if you're in the market for a MacBook Air or a 13-inch MacBook Pro, uh, it's an mm. excellent time to be shopping. Um, no, oh no, no, no! Oh, oh my God, I couldn't agree with okay, you. I couldn't okay, not right. agree with you more. Right. So, so, sorry, just on the fact that I wouldn't buy one now. Okay. Never buy first gen. Yeah, We've always said it. True. Always buy the even numbered. Yeah. Okay. I I, I agree. I agree. But uh, I will. <laughs> but when the M2 comes out, when the M2, then you should absolutely buy one. <laughs> okay. Right. Fair enough. Uh, but I think in comparison to the um, previous generation devices, I I think they're they're absolutely smashing altogether. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and if I think that they are going to change the entire industry because I think people are going to look at Apple and they're going to want to uh, replicate that whole software in a system or system on a chip. Yes. And do you think then that we will see the likes of Microsoft going, do you know what? We're going to make our own silicon. That's it. And put it in our Surface Books and in our Surface it Tablets. Could, it, it, oh, well, I mean, if Microsoft were going to do it, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Mm. Um, I Yeah. And why wouldn't Samsung do it? Yeah, yeah. You know, if if you're going to go down that route of doing your own chip, well, you know. But then I think also, you see, you've got, you've got what? I'm trying to think of the software OSs that you have. So you've got Windows, you've got Mac OS, and you've got, let's say, Linux as the three most well, popular. you've got Android, um, yeah. Uh, well, for mobile phones, Android, okay. Well, Android, okay. So there's a good thing. So there's four, all right? Mm. Uh, and all four of them are fairly well uh, established, all right? And there's only four. So if you started making your chips to integrate better with specifically with that software, all right? Mm. 
So we have Intel chips at the moment and kind of they can run this and they can run that. What if they start making an Intel chip with everything on it that would work specifically with Windows 10? Yeah, I'm I'm sure Microsoft would be delighted with that. I'm sure, I don't know whether Intel... Well, Intel will be delighted with that and the user will be delighted with that because you would get the efficiencies then because of that. But would the rest of the vendors... Then, well, yeah, okay. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm just sussing this out as a goal. Of course, <laughs> we all are. <laughs> but I do think that software or the the system on a chip is definitely going to be a game changer, not just for Apple, but for the entire industry. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, it will be very interesting to see what uh, what brands decide that they're going to go with a with a, a same route, whether Google mm. will actually come out with something to complement their uh, complement Android in the same way that the Pixel is meant to be the uh, the reference yeah. device. Yeah, possibly. Like, you know, so uh, uh, we wait and see. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to uh, next. Well, I suppose we're not talking about next year. We'll keep that for another show. But uh, yes, I think that definitely was a very interesting year for Apple. And I think that was the crowning moment. I mean, have, fixing the keyboard and the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. Thank you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yep. <sighs> Hopefully they'll now listen to my prayers of getting rid of that bloody touch bar. <laughs> not likely, but anyway. <laughs> Hope Springs. <laughs> what else have we got on the slate for uh, for this year? Okay, uh, we've got two more things. Uh, one is the games and one is the US Senate, which you want to go with. Yeah, okay. Let's talk about the new generation of consoles just to get them out of the way. Um, okay. So well, we, this is your area. Uh, ish. It's, uh, yeah, we had the PlayStation 5 and we have the Xbox One uh, S and One X. Um, these consoles, usually console generation, they talk about 10 years these days so i mean these these things are going to be with us for quite a while and you know the big winner for me at the moment has been uh, has been microsoft um because they have uh bundled their uh, excellent all access service or they they have all access which is great so it means that i can sit down and browse through what 400 odd games on my monthly pass and just pay at will mm-hmm. um of course the the big thing that's separating them is the the launch titles um, of course, Microsoft have the have the Gears franchise, but big titles coming up seem to be reasonably platform agnostic. I mean, there's Cyberpunk 2077, there's this year's Call of Duty, um, and and these are you know they're they're going to this is what people want for Christmas basically. Uh, I know I want to be spending hours on Cyberpunk, but I, I think I've said enough on on that already. Uh, the, if she if she hasn't got the hint yet, yeah. the, the interesting thing <laughs> is that supplies of both have sold out. Right. Mm. Uh, but I think Sony did a thing of they actually made fewer consoles to uh, create more of a fever pitch for demand. OK, so as a result, well, well, you, good marketing. Yeah, you have a secondary market at the moment where PlayStation 5s are going for a lot of money, a lot, a lot of money. So uh, I think, you know, marketing perspective, I think both sides have won. Uh, mm. It'll be all over the longer term because I think PlayStation uh, 4 really came out with the last round of the console wars looking looking pretty good. Um, Xbox One, eh, it, it held its own, but Microsoft really fumbled the, the start and uh, we're, we're playing catch up uh, ever since. So 
Look, uh, I'm looking. So what about as as a gamer then? Because you had your hands on the on the Xbox mm. Series X, all right, uh, and of course you you've read a lot and seen a lot about the PlayStation Five. Uh, and you were saying as a gamer, PlayStation Five is what does it for you? No, I'm saying it'll always come down to the titles, uh, because you know technically uh, they're comparable in terms of release cycle. They're tied to each other, um, mm. so you can almost play eeny meeny miny, uh, except when it comes to the games. Uh, now, of course, the differentiator uh, this time around is going to be the move to 4K. Um, I don't have a 4K monitor at the moment, um, so that's kind of, you know, sucks to be me for, for a little while. But uh, this, is, this is where it's going. Uh, high-end graphics, ray tracing, um, and that, of course, those sort of sprawling cinematic uh, mm. open worlds that uh, we're going to be seeing an awful lot more of over the coming years. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Grant, so listen, let's get into our last uh, story of, I think, top five, top six, top five, I think it is, um, of 2020 that caught our attention. And I think we were kind of sitting back and having a good laugh, as it were, in the summer uh, when the executives of, it was Facebook, Apple, Amazon, not Netflix, but Google, uh, were all in front of the US Senate and they were all in trouble for issues of privacy and the fact that they were too big um, and that they were not good for consumers and a whole list of reasons of which we all know for in our day-to-day life. Mm. Yep. And and we were having a giggle because we were just looking at it about who performed best. <laughs> it was literally like a bunch of naughty schoolboys being brought in for telling off. Uh, well, to a certain extent, yeah. And some of them dealing very well with it. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Tim Cook was very good. He was asked about personal data, to which he said, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> um, Facebook took a, a proper bashing uh, over yeah. um, personal data, over misinformation, uh, over lack of uh, oversight of its content. Um, yep, absolutely. We, we had the uh, No Hate for Profit movement this year, where uh, an awful lot of big brands pulled their advertising spend from, net, from uh, Facebook. And it was, you know, uh, great PR. Uh, but when you look down to how many companies actually advertise on, on uh, Facebook and what their individual spend is, it, it ended up being... Uh, kind of a drop in the in the in the well really um, but hey it, it, as i say it was it was good pr um, and and also you know we this whole idea of fact checking social media uh just ended up being a, a huge i don't want to say problem but a huge issue towards the end of the year um mm. so to see all the social media companies hauled up in front of uh, a senate committee and told you know okay explain yourselves but some of the questions were hilarious like at one point uh, i think mark zuckerberg was asked why uh, uh, or um jack dorsey one of them was asked why um their uh, service had an anti-conservative bias uh because you know all these liberal things uh, all these liberal opinions are being expressed and you know uh, one senator said, you know, I did a Google search for my name and it, uh, only negative results came back. Like, what, what's that about? You know, uh, to, to which, you know, don't be a jerk. And people will, <laughs> re, you know, um, report on jerk things that you've done <laughs> <laughs> and share links about them until, that, yeah, exactly. you know, you put in your name and that's the only thing you can read about is the times you've been horrible. So you know yeah, he's not go- he's not going to come out of that well. No. I mentioned that, is he? Yeah. But that's 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 what it was. It was all like a huge big giggle. But then later on in the year, it looks like uh, that those all those companies 
could face some very, very, very serious sanctions. Uh, yeah, well, and this comes down to Section 230, which is a provision in US law that protects social media. Well, it protects companies, but so it, it is an umbrella term that has protected social media companies. Okay. Um, uh, that basically doesn't make them liable for the uh, for what is said on their platforms. Now, the Trump administration were, you know, hunky-dory uh, with that until Twitter started fact-checking uh, Donald Trump's tweets, um, and particularly towards the end of the presidential election cycle when all the legal actions challenging the result were were failing and Trump mm. was tweeting an awful lot of conspiracy theories and uh, unfounded um, uh baseless conspiracy theories yeah. uh, about the election. And of course, Twitter was was fact-checking them quite rigorously. So by the time we release this show, we will probably know, know what the Trump administration is ultimately going to do with Section 230, whether there's going to be a, a request to have it reinterpreted by the Supreme Court, uh, mm. whether there is going to be a move to repeal it wholesale. Um, it's It's... It's going to be very interesting to see from over here as well, because when you when we finally start to see platforms become uh, accountable and, and to see them become more like publishers, that's going to have a tremendous impact on their commercial models. That will change a heck of a lot as well. Nah, you're right. Uh, anyway, we're starting to, to take out a crystal ball and wonder what's going to happen in the future. And I'm going to stop it there yeah. because... Uh, one of our shows coming in the next week or two is going to be looking at 2021. And now that, fingers crossed, we're over COVID and the vaccine is coming and it's here and data and all that kind of stuff. Um, our top tech predictions for 2021 and beyond. So we talk about that then. Uh, we also had an interesting show just before COVID. In fact, this is the last time we were in the studio together, I believe, now. Yeah. Uh, and we, we had this great idea for a show. We talked about luxury gadgets. And if you had all the money in the world, what would you do? And it was a great show. It was a great show. And then we society thought, imploded. So we had to put it on well, the Well, there you finger. go. We thought it was inappropriate to be kind of, you know, putting that out, as you say, society was imploding and stuff like that. So we've kind of held it over and we're going to run that out over the Christmas New Year uh, period as well. Listen, uh, let us wrap it up there. Niall, thank you uh, for joining us and, and looking back on the uh, top tech stories of 2020. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, do remember as we go forward into the new year that you will be able to get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more, as always, on our website at techcentral.ie. Or, of course, you can listen to us each week online or Fridays on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. So until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall, Kitson. Have a super, super, super Christmas. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.